a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Metal. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner, a.k.a. DJ Tricky Kid. The Metallica Takeover Weekend just came and just kicked Dallas's ass. And we're going to get into all that. A lot of special things happened with our friends in Pantera, obviously from Dallas, playing their first show here in a very, very long time. Joining me is frequent guest, my man, Mike DeQuinzio, famed photographer, been around since the very beginning, Ron Akiyama. Ron, how the hell are you, sir? I'm honored to be here. This is a great thing I, I, I see you doing, and I, it's rock and roll. This guy has shot everybody for the last 40 years, uh, and you can, can look for some of his work in our upcoming, of course, King's X project. Where can they find you, sir? I, I do have a website, Akiyama Photography. I look forward to seeing more of that stuff from back in the day. When was the last time you shot Metallica? I had just made that jump into Atlantic when headliner status started happening. It's just amazing to see how that transformed into what it is today. At yeah. one point around 80... Six Metallica just took over. It's all we talked about. It's all we thought about. It's all we wore. It really was our life. And that's, I, I don't know if that exists anymore. Where I got into Metallica was in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I'm from in 86, shortly after Cliff had passed. I didn't know anything about the band. I did that thing. You guys will have to look up if you're younger, where you could get 12 records uh, or cassettes. Columbia House for like a penny, whatever. Master of Puppets was one of the selections. There was a guy from school that looked just like Jason Newstead, And he was really into Metallica. I could talk to this guy and be down with him. Battery hits you like a, a Mack truck. Okay, Mike and I have been friends for 30 years. But unbelievably, this was the first time you and I ever actually rocked out or saw a Metallica show together. Yeah. I was trying to think of it after we were talking about that. And yeah, I can't think of another time we did. You can't deny the ambition behind this new record. How about we come to two select cities? We'll do two nights, totally different set list, completely different opening acts. And then we'll have a day off. Let's just take over the whole damn town with film festivals and, and they make a cultural and financial impact, like how anything that's sell 100,000 tickets. So for, so for the counselors in Crowley, Texas in 1988, that thought that I was a devil worshiper, this is one of the biggest employers in America of philanthropy and community relations. Did you read that they donated $35,000 to the North Texas Food Bank? Yeah. Absolutely. And how great is that, right? Tribute bands and, 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 and James's son, Caster, Rob's son, Ty, have respective bands, Bastardane and Otto. And they decided to join forces. We had Caster and Ty on the show. Great dudes, great bands, young guys, and they're kick-ass. And it's got nothing to do with Metallica. They're kick-ass because they kick-ass screen shit like cliff them all on the big screen so i thought that was really cool and then 
Of course, Pantera in Arlington, almost directly on the 40th anniversary, just two days shy of Dimebag's birthday. Some special expectations there. Sing Pantera, take the stage in Arlington after all that's happened all these years in one of the biggest buildings in the world. What did you think when you walked into AT&T Stadium? I, I purposely kept myself from not seeing pictures online of what the setup was going to be because I wanted to be surprised. I, I, me too. There was an energy to that crowd after Mammoth and before Pantera that was not there on Sunday. I can't imagine in any other time in Metallica's history where an opening act, people were singing as loud and for the opening act as they were for the headliner. It was just the anticipation. I hadn't felt that in 25 years. I don't think they made a big enough deal about being in Arlington. It wasn't that special emotional feeling I was hoping for. To Pantera's credit, very much the lifestyle. When you think of Pantera, you don't just conjure the music. You conjure a, an image and a lifestyle and, and, and a whole thing there. By and large, this was just another opening for, for Metallica. I do have some inside information I say too much about, but I do know that was originally the plan. They're going to, outside of this tour, a huge very ambitious that would have satisfied. I don't want to speculate of why that didn't happen. The decision was made for them, trying to alter the stage configuration in their ambition and wanting to do something special. Perhaps maybe they lost sight of that. But the good news is it is going to happen. My younger sister, Allie, was there. Mm-hmm. She's going to be jumping on oh, cool. here in a few minutes. It was her first Metallica concert. Her <laughs> husband had never seen them, and, and he's from Nepal. So this was some bucket list shit for them. I was with Pantera in Houston the night before. First Pantera event in Texas in 22 years. And it was just so cathartic seeing those songs again mm-hmm. in a live setting with such a rabid crowd. Charlie is killing it. You, you can tell they're loving what they're doing. It's just electric. The sober happy, content. Phil, he's married, his wife is with him on the road and just having a good time. I want you to pick a song from the album, 72 Seasons. I choose Chasing Light. They didn't play it at the show, but I really like that. That's the one that jumped out at me the most. This is Chasing Light from Metallica's 72 Seasons and we'll be right back. There's no lights!
sunny Southern California, and you are listening to Roy Turner on Tricky Kid Radio, so turn it up. The moment has arrived. Opening acts are done. Long way to the top it has kicked in. We've heard the ecstasy of gold. It's also important to mention this show was broadcast in theaters. Friday night, I only saw the first nine songs. And after a certain special instrumental of a very important album, I went to the Pantera party. I never thought I would ever leave a Metallica show early. And if they weren't playing on Sunday, I probably wouldn't have. And also, if it wasn't Arlington and Pantera and on the 40th anniversary, after looking at the set list, I mean, I, nobody wants to leave a Metallica concert early, no matter what they're playing. It was weird walking out of there, still hearing the band play. Did you participate in anything besides the two shows? There was so much more to do. Next day, Ross Halfin, the famed photographer, hitched his wagon to Metallica back in the day, has released several photography books just on Metallica. So at the Texas Theater here in Dallas, Texas, Ross was doing a Q&A. It was crashed by Kirk Hammett and Rob Trujillo. Metallica's in town. Where are they? What are they doing? It was cool to be a part of it. Every band back then had some sorry, VHS tape. The band was very mysterious. You didn't really know what they looked like. So for them to put out this thing called Cliff Em All, and I can remember it was even hard to find to buy. Like only one of our friends had it. So like it kind of lived at our, each of our houses for different periods of, of time. My memories of my friends and I watching that, that I'm still friends with to this day over and over, a chance to see that on the big screen was just about the coolest thing ever. Mm. To James's son, Caster Hetfield, Rob Trujillo's son, Ty, were playing at my buddy Scott Beggs' joint, Three Links, Otto and Bastard Dane. They did an early and a late show because the first one sold out instantly. I had to run from Cliffhamall to Addison, Texas, to call wrestling for my beloved TSW and ran to Deep Ellum and caught the end of the, the first show. And right when I walk in, James was just there in the crowd. He was kind of in the back. Bastard Dane is kick-ass. I saw their entire show in the late show. Rob was there the whole time singing every word. We had a great chat and just... So great to see Rob. The bands that were canceled from the parking lot played a separate show at Southside Ballroom. The death metal band called 200 Stab Wounds and uh, another about Spirit World and pretty good. Now we're going to welcome a new special guest. We wanted this perspective of somebody that has never seen Metallica before. Please welcome my sister, Ali Fuller Maharjan. Welcome to This Is Metal. Hello course grew up with me being a Metallica fanatic. Let's start there. What are your memories of me as a Metallica fan? When you were in high school, you had the long hair, all the metal t-shirts, Metallica mostly. You had a metal band with some friends. I was telling Raja about that. I'm interesting that you remember that because you would have been about four. It was October of 89. My friends and I were in a band called Deathlock after uh, a comic book thing long before Brendan Smalls and Death Clock. And we performed For Whom the Bell Tolls. There's some photos of it on my Facebook. There actually is video of it. Steve's dad has it somewhere in a garage somewhere. I was hoping they were going to play it while you were there. And it was the second or third song, I think. Yeah. Did you 
ever become a Metallica fan? I have songs on my phone. I know a handful, but no, I have never owned a Metallica album. And is it fair to say that if it hadn't been for your husband, Raj, you wouldn't have been at the show? No, it wouldn't have happened without Raja having the conversation. And it was just a spontaneous thing. I'm always down for that kind of stuff, you know, so... There's something about them, the bigness of Metallica, and they really made the reputation on their live show. And so there's a curiosity there. They're just that iconic band. I probably should have told you this, but everybody knows when you heard ACDC, if you were a wrestler and this is like your walk-on song, mm-hmm. then Ennio Morricone's Ecstasy of Gold. I had no was- clue. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> See, I love that. How did that hit you? I was expecting them to be on stage at some point, but the song kept going. They're not out (laughs) here yet. When they did get on stage, the first note, it didn't stop until the very last. They just went hard. Did you learn something that you couldn't have possibly have known? And what is that? Rob has a very different stage presence from the gentleman I saw you hanging out with. If that picture could talk, he was handing me a shot of James. <laughs> what was your favorite part of the concert? I absolutely loved the stage and the way that they had it set up. And I thought it was so strategic. I loved they stayed on stage after for quite some time. Yeah, and you don't see that with- from other bands. Right? Mm-hmm. They refer to the Metallica family. When you're there, you feel like family. It's like going to see old friends. Because because you've been a part of their lives, they've been a part of your life. If you only knew how many hours I spent in a sweltering tool shed that we'd converted into a, a practice room in Crowley, Texas, to bookend almost 40 years of fandom. And for you to finally be there, that was a big deal. I'm glad that you came. All my love to you both. Pretty cool about doing the two nights for the band. Every Metallica concert, they have to perform the big five. Understand, you would be hard-pressed to find a show where those five songs weren't played. So Metallica gets to play a concert on Friday and not play Inner Sandman. <laughs> they got to play a song on Friday and not play one. They got to play a song, a show on Sunday and not play Nothing Else Matters or, or Sad But True. I think that has value. I would rather get guaranteed 32 different songs. Did you make your own set list, Mike? I tried to. It's going to be anything from the first five albums, honestly. It's too hard. So, Oh, following the formula. They started night one with uh, a song they've started a lot of concerts with, Creeping Death. So the rule would be, is there another song from uh, Ride the Lightning that I would have them start with? Mike? It would have to be Creeping Death. I chose Fight Fire with Fire. Next song was Harvester of Sorrow. Normally would have picked Dyer's Eve, but the rules are Harvester of Sorrow was a single. So you would have to pick another single. The only other singles were I Had the Beholder and One. I chose Harvester of Sorrow. So we got that one right. Third was Leper Messiah. A big surprise. Number four was King Nothing. I would have picked the Outlaw Torn or a different track, but again, I had to pick a single and I chose Hero of the Day. I don't know much about 72 Seasons. Instead of Sanitarium, I chose my favorite Metallica song, which is Damage Incorporated. Mike, what about you? I still stick with Sanitarium. 
I finally got to see them play Orion. Mm-hmm. It was so special. Metallica posted notes on that the first time they've ever played it in Dallas. I did leave after that. After that was Nothing Else Matters and Sad But True, The Day That Never Comes, Hardwired, and Fuel. I don't give a fuck about any of that. My favorite song off of Death Magnetic is a singular, My Apocalypse. I chose Atlas Rise over Hardwired. I chose Better Than You over Fuel, Metal Militia over Seek and Destroy, and I kept Master of Puppets. I know a lot of people don't like St. Anger. Basically, it's just an unfinished record, but there are a couple of tracks that hold up. Dirty Window, I love that song. Outside of Orion, maybe my favorite moment of all the times I've seen Metallica, I couldn't believe I was hearing them playing the call of cthulhu both of those were tributes to cliff next was no leaf clover i really liked mine is human and would have preferred that it just shows that nothing's off limits that wasn't always the case it was very formulaic really enjoyed their cover of whiskey in the jar i love that song anyway i love the thin lizzie one love the discharge cover of the more i see it i would have chosen the black sabbath the merciful fate covers or die die my darling i loved feeling the connection and being close at the same time, I couldn't see shit. I, all I could see cell phones. The stage wasn't high enough, and I'm standing on concrete for two hours in cheap converse. I watched the rest of the show from the seats right above the stage. I could see everything. I need another song from 72 Seasons, Mike DeQuinzio, What's It Gonna Be? That us follow. For Mike DeQuinzio, I am your host as always, Roy Turner, a.k.a. DJ Tricky Kid, and this is metal and to play us out shadows follow and we'll see you next week this has been a presentation of tricky kid media originals distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by roy turner edited and mastered by marcus miller theme music by the buck pets original score by jocelyn hunt artwork by antora sandy marketing and pr by francesca miles Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.